0: This is Michael Gauvier from the Is It Safe podcast, and you are now clear for communication
1: with Pop Goes Your World. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. And now
0: it's time for our feature presentation. I'm Chris McBrien, and the pop culture from Generation X is everything to me.
1: And I'm Derek Myers, and I'm here to educate Chris on the great pop culture of today's generation.
0: Episode 226, 1988 Pop Culture Fantasy Draft. Chris McRyan along with Derek Myers and this is Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. And we are back with another pop culture fantasy draft. We like to combine fantasy sports and pop culture here every once in a while and we're doing it again this week. Uh, Derek and I are each going to draft a team of three movies, three TV shows, uh, three songs and one personal pick all from the year 1988. But before we get into the draft, Derek, any pop culture you've been able to get to this past week
1: oh yeah tons and tons and tons, tons. of stuff <laughs> i had a busy busy week in the terms of pop culture so i've actually been on vacation summer vacation for a few weeks and I'm, I'm back at work this week but knowing my vacation was coming to an end i felt i had to like jam-pack as much pop culture and fun stuff into those last few days sure and uh so yeah i had a chance to watch a bunch of stuff and honestly there's a couple of things that i watched over the last couple of weeks that when we did our last few shows i just i just forgot to mention or i didn't feel we had time so i'll start going down my list and uh and I'll, i'll get as many of these in as i can may have to do some speed round just to to get the list uh completed but i'll start with some new stuff so or at least new for me uh, so brand new, just dropped on Disney Plus in the last week, is a movie called Prey. And we're talking like Predator and Prey, not like down on your knees to pray to God kind of thing. So Prey, uh, it is actually a prequel to the Predator franchise with Arnold Schwarzenegger, like that that Predator series. This movie takes place like 200 years before the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, and um, it, was, it was okay. I mean, it was... Uh, a very simple sort of premise it actually is very similar uh beats to the arnold schwarzenegger one where it's like the the predator alien is 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 there and the locals in this case they're like a local, local um, um native americans uh before like the the colonialism came in uh and and it's sort of their their lands and the predators on it and then when they realize like oh boy there's something here that's bigger than a bear um you know the hunter becomes the hunted kind of deal and uh if you've watched the previous predator movies because there's a bunch of them that have been out uh in the last 10 years they put out a bunch of sequels uh but even if you like Arnold schwarzenegger one this one sort of hits a lot of the same hits a lot of the same notes if you like those other ones you'll probably care for this if maybe you, you haven't seen a lot of the sequels as chris or you probably haven't seen any of the sequels no uh but one. you are at least familiar oh no wait a original. minute you know what oh i saw the original and then i remember
0: uh, a, a friend of mine and i went to see a movie called alien versus predator
1: years ago yeah uh, it's really I guess sucked. technically yeah it, it was i mean technically i guess those avp ones are, are part of this franchise as well but i think the idea here is disney had this intellectual property and they thought here's a way to reboot this franchise um so i mean it's on disney plus You got it's disney, what we call an origin story sure <laughs> sure and um I, I, again it's it's you know it's a 2022 production so the special effects are fantastic um but everything's digital unlike the arnold schwarzenegger one where pretty much everything was practical effects uh, or there was a lot of practical effects this one is it was all pretty much practical yeah Yeah. um but in any case it was it was okay i would say like probably like a c plus b minus sort of good but not fantastic yeah Uh, and it really it'll come down to how how much do you how, how much do you enjoy the predator franchise how close to your heart is that particular franchise for me i could take it or leave it it's okay so I, you know what i ain't got time to bleed Yep. Yeah. all okay. right uh another new one or at least new new to me because i finally got it for free through amazon prime was a movie called uncharted uh, this is based on a very popular video game franchise. It stars Tom Holland, who most people know as Spider-Man in the New Marvel movies. It also has Mark Wahlberg, who many of us remember as Marky Mark from The Funky Bunch. Um, come on, come on, come on. And yeah, exactly. Uh, it was it was okay. Again, it's so many movies that are inspired by video games sort of fall flat. This one was, again, very much just okay. Uh, it, it had some neat sequences. I, I did a lot of reading on it after I watched the movie, and there's a lot of like wink, wink Easter eggs if you are familiar with the video game franchise it's based on. Of course, I was not because I'm not a big video game guy. So those little sequences or or special effects or or scenes where there's certain things happen or certain props are in the in the in the moment that are from the game. If you play the game, you're gonna be like, oh, I totally remember this sequence. Totally lost on me. But again, it, again, it was. It was okay, it didn't cost me anything to watch it over and above my Amazon subscription. So, you know, if you like Tom Holland, you like Mark Wahlberg, you like sort of those cheesy PG rated action movies, um, you know, it doesn't hurt to give it a a chance. Um, Lastly, I I got a few more things, but I'll just, I'll limit it for one more. Uh, Netflix dropped a new series this week called Sandman. And this is based on a comic book series from DC Comics Uh, Written, created by Neil Gaiman, who has – he did uh, American Gods, which was recently turned into a TV series. He did uh, Good Omens, which was a TV series on Prime, I think, last year or the year before. He he has a very interesting and imaginative and creative style where he likes to – take things that you might think you're familiar with and really just turn them on their head. He he's also the creative mind behind the Lucifer TV series. Uh, The Lucifer character from that series actually originated in the Sandman comic books. Uh, But in any case, 10 episodes on Netflix dropped last week. Sandman I've watched nine of the 10 episodes and I think it's great. Um, It's the pacing is a little slower than you might expect. Uh, You hear comic book adaptation and you think, Oh, this is going to be like the Avengers. It's nothing like the Avengers. It is very slow. It's very paced. It's very deliberate. um, And that is very much the style of Gaiman's writing. And um, I mean, if you've seen or are familiar with any of the other works that have been adapted from his fiction, uh, this is right in that same vein. But Sandman is sort of his his crown jewel. uh, When people who are familiar with his work talk about him, this is almost always the first thing they bring up is, oh, yeah, that's the guy who did Sandman. And uh, it's fantastic. So I'm really looking forward when we're done this podcast, I'm going to sit down and watch the 10th and final episode and then cry myself because we're going to have to wait another year to get 10 more episodes. So hmm. those are my picks for this week.
0: Okay. I got a couple things for you. Number one, anyway. uh, being as we did inside man, the movie review last time out, uh, I got a message from somebody. I'm not, I'm going to read it here. <laughs> I'm not going to mention who it's from. Okay. I'm, not gonna I, mention I'm guessing
1: them. I'll, I'll know. Cause I probably got the same message. Uh, it's just from, from
0: somebody who does listen to the show on a regular basis. So the message reads things I thought I'd never hear two men discussing how good Jodie Foster looked. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, what is it? Like, is she not, is she not an attractive woman? Like, I don't understand. So back in the seventies, I remember I was like, I don't know, like eight years old and I watched Tom Sawyer and she was in it she was just a little kid and she was like a tomboy she's always been kind of that tomboy you know kind of thing and i i i thought i always had a crush on her when i was a kid and i mean i don't care about her personal life or whatever i just i i thought i watched inside man and i thought she was a very attractive and powerful and strong woman so i just mentioned that and you agreed with me and apparently apparently when we put those things out there into the world some people wonder why we do that but uh, so there's that um and the other thing is, to the surprise of no one, Derek, especially you, I watched Trading Places this week for like the 500 bazillionth time. Because I love that
1: movie. Did, did you watch an uncut version or did you watch on like AMC with commercials and all the swears no, I Unity cut No, I watched it on DVD. So it was good. There you go. So,
0: so this movie is like very fresh in my mind. So now, you know me, Derek, I love quoting Gen X movies. And I especially like quoting Gen X movies to my kids who have oh. no idea what I'm talking about. Looking good, Billy Ray. Exactly. Billy but to me, that's half the fun when I quote oh, these yeah. little movies to my kids because they don't know what the hell's going on? So anyway, the kids these days, Derek, watch a hell of a lot less TV and a hell of a lot more YouTube. That's like their TV that they watch, right? That, that's more, more akin to their attention span. Yeah. I mean, and I know this firsthand because I have two young sons. So the other night, my 13-year-old son says, Hey dad, come come on in here and watch this with me. And he, he puts this YouTube show on. And the idea is it's like a quiz and they show you flags of the world. And you have to oh, try okay. you have to try and guess the country, right? Now, keep in mind I have an undergraduate degree in political science. And I went to graduate school. And so I, I think of myself as being pretty knowledgeable when it comes to geography and various countries of the world. My 13-year-old smoked me. Really? Oh, he just killed me. Now, keep in mind, I just watched Trading Places, right? So they're listing all these flags, and my son just keeps naming them all. And then they get to one, and my son's like, oh, that's the flag from Cameroon. So I go, ah, Miguel from Cameroon. Ah, yes, the Alice Lassie Pavilion. And my son's like, "What the hell are you talking about?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I don't know. My son really didn't. But (laughs) I always uh, where I thought you were going to go with that was (laughs) that as uh, as a sports guy, because I know you're you're Mm -hmm. uh, you know big fan of sports. I personally, for me, one of the things that really helped me learn the flags of the world was watching the Olympics because they always show the flags of the participating countries or when we watch things like the international hockey tournaments that the the jerseys are always the color of the country so you get to know oh well that's the yellow team and that's the white team with the blue cross and you're like well i I know which countries those are based on the jerseys which are based on their flags
0: i don't know how my son does it but he sure is good at that stuff but so i'm not good at flags of the world but you know what i am good at here's your dad joke of the week so for anybody listening to this podcast you may or you may not know that we affectionately refer to Derek as caveman around here. So I thought that I would do a caveman dad joke for you. Oh, okay. Okay, Derek, what do you call a caveman's
1: fart? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to the answer. A blast from the past. Nice. <laughs> Shitty 2 Gunga g- g- l- g- But you get a um, free bowl of soup when you buy a hat. Yeah. yeah. Cinderella story. Boy,
0: you must have been something before
1: electricity. How would you like to earn $8 the hard way?
0: <laughs>
1: you know that Zen Buddhist kind of thing? Mm-hmm. You'll get nothing and like it.
0: Hey, did somebody step on a duck? That would be me. Not the golfers, the golfers.
1: I have a qualified yes, I
0: agree. Okay, so Derek, this is now our eighth pop culture fantasy draft. And coming into this one, I'm ahead four to three. I think I started out four and four and oh, and then you just reeled off three straight victories. So this time out, we're going to be drafting a team from 1988. So before we get started, we always do the coin flip. So we're going to do the coin flip right now. I'm going to use a loony for those of our American listeners out there. We have a coin here in Canada called a loony. It's a little gold coin. It's a dollar coin, and I've just flipped it. Derek, would you like to call it? called tails oh it's heads oh my goodness I don't think I've had a pick first in like maybe maybe that's draft, why anyway. I've lost the last three because I haven't had a first-round pick in so long I wasn't expecting that um I think okay so I'm taking a look at 1988 and when I look at it there's there's a few movies that are pretty good um, the songs are the songs are always my weak spot you always kill me when it comes to music and, but normally, I've always felt that the movies are the ones where you got to get it. You got to get it right. Because I think a lot of the judges, because as we mentioned, we, we, we draft at the end of the draft, we're going to send our lists off to our judges, and they're going to vote on the winner. And movies tend to resonate the most when you look back on the years. And it's hard, too, because the TV shows aren't necessarily TV shows that were big in 1988. They have to be TV shows that debuted in that year.
1: And I'm going to go a little bit different, and I'm actually going to go with a TV show to Uh-oh. start. You're um, my strategy. This was totally my strategy. I thought, yeah. I'm going to go against the grain and start with TV. I got, okay. I got to, because I think there's a lot of weak TV shows oh my God, this year. There are, this is a weak, weak batch in 1988. And I was never a fan of
0: this show, <clears throat> and, but it's really the only big show to deb- debut in 1988, so I feel I need to get it onto my list to anchor my TV spot, and that's Roseanne. So I'm going to yeah. pick Roseanne first overall. It ran from November 1988 until May of 97. They rebooted it a few years ago. But yep. I think by that point, Roseanne was like this right wing
1: nut job. So the show just didn't do good. But I think she was in the first season of the reboot and then things came to light and they wrote her off her own show. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, so... I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna go against the grain like I said I'm gonna go with a TV show first that's Roseanne so I can at least anchor that category and um, all right so my first round pick is gonna be a TV
1: show Roseanne over to you my friend okay well in that case I definitely I'm definitely going to movies and Mm -hmm. uh, I think I know what your number one movie pick is but uh, I I can't take it like you know often in a draft you're like well I'm taking this because I know he wants it but I'm like for me there's only one movie from 1988 and I gotta go with it and that's Die Hard yeah that's a good one
0: yeah and I think that, you know it resonates with with everyone so much it's endured for so long because it's yeah. that whole is it a Christmas movie is it not but it seems everybody watches it every year at Christmas time so it's just endured you know and it yep. It, it, yep. it made Bruce Willis a star it really did oh yeah so yeah that's a great pick um, I think in that case I've got to come back with a movie as well yeah like they really do There's a couple to go with, but I think I'm really torn on which one I'm going to anchor with, but I think I'm going to actually go with coming to America.
1: Yeah, I figured if you, if if that was what I was sure was going to be your number one movie pick. Mm -hmm. I was
0: wavering. There's another one too. I like, but coming to America is like, it's again, it's one of those ones. It's so quotable and it was a bit of a different eddie murphy movie because normally up until then he was always kind of the wisecrack and like dropping swears like crazy and you know f-bombs everywhere. in this one he wasn't he was playing this rather more innocent kind of person who didn't swear that much the only time he swore was when he was repeating back innocently something that he heard someone yell to him yeah so it was a real different departure for him but uh with John Landis at the helm, even in 1988, you know, they had their problems making the film with all the egos involved and stuff by that point. But you cannot argue with the results. It's a good movie. And, and it it's really, I think the scene, some of the scenes they put in the barbershop with uh, him and um, Arsenio Hall playing all these different characters really kind of gave Eddie Murphy the inspiration then for his sort of comeback a number of years later when he did uh, The Nutty Professor being able
1: to do absolutely so yeah i think i think
0: coming to america is a good way that i can anchor my movie so that's it so over to you
1: my friend all right well uh you've got a tv show and a movie yeah i need to have a tv show and a movie so i'm going to go to this very weak tv category okay and i am also going to take a show that i've never i never watched when it was on and have never watched a day since then and that is the wonder years yeah you've mentioned before that you didn't really like that show it wasn't, I never really liked it. I just, I never watched it. It never really appealed to me. Uh, again, maybe if I went back and watched it, I would love it. But uh, I know many people, many people yeah. loved it. They watched it. They enjoyed it. They they hold it in high regard. Uh, I mean, Fred Savage went on to have a pretty decent career. I mean, as a, as a child performer, uh, you know, you never know how things are going to play out. And from what I understand, a lot of the supporting cast continued to work in, uh, in Hollywood for years to come. So... Yeah, not again, not a show I'm really that familiar with personally, other than what I know about its involvement as a pop culture show that debuted in 88. But uh, I need something. And this TV category is pretty weak. So Mm -hmm. I'm going with the Wonder Years.
0: That's a good one to anchor with. I mean,
1: it's. I thought it was a good show.
0: Like that opening theme, Joe Cocker's version of With a Little Help of My Friends. Like that's how you do a cover song right there, by the way. But the whole sentimentality of the whole show, I, I had a huge crush on Olivia Dabo. Too, the sister and 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 you know when you think about crushes I think a whole generation of teenage boys had had a crush on Winnie Cooper back in 1988 so that's a really good pick I think that's gonna I think that's gonna work in your favor okay do I dip down to songs now or what no I think I'm gonna stick with movies um, I'm gonna I like this movie a lot I'm gonna go with big finished fourth at the wow. box office probably one of the most enduring films from that year I think Tom Hanks is kind of the Jimmy Stewart of his generation. Like, everybody just loves the guy, right? And he was at the top of his game when he made this. And, and I think people think of it as a comedy, and it is. But it also kind of plays out as kind of a dramatic film, especially at times. I think you could maybe see where this kind of was the transition point for Tom Hanks to kind of start moving into more, like being considered more of a serious actor, you know? Yeah. I mean, I he's mean, certainly... That happened with Philadelphia after this, but I, I, I'm I'm going to go with Big. I think that's it's an endearing film, so I and mean, it's enduring as well as endearing. So Big is the 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 pick for me. All right,
1: over to you. All right, I'm going to venture into music. That's where you always get me. And as I was saying before we started the recording, normally my music list is very long. Like I probably put twenty five or thirty songs on the list, knowing that the most I'm ever going to need is six or seven. Right this time around I have a much shorter list and even on that much shorter list I do not have a lot of what I feel are standout A plus gold star gotta get it or else kind of songs so I'm really not even sure where to begin on this one so I think I'm gonna do what I've done most drafts is I'm just gonna pick a song by a big artist that I I know is good that I enjoy and uh, hope it resonates and I'm gonna pick Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi Ooh, off the New one. Jersey album. That's a good uh, pick. Again, Bon Jovi, huge artist. Uh, this is definitely my favorite song off of, in my opinion, one of his greatest albums. And uh, I, again, I don't know if it's necessarily the best pick or the number one pick from 1988, but I think it's a strong pick. And uh, I needed to get into that music category just to get my feet wet. So mm. that's well, my third pick. That's a good, I'm, I'm going to follow you here. I'm going to take a
0: song as well. I'm going to go with Stand by REM oh. came off their album green, which was released in November of 88. It got up to number six on the billboard charts. And of course it was used in the opening credits of get a life with Chris Elliott, that mm-hmm. show that I liked so Chris much. So, um, yep. I'm going to go with stand by REM. I think that's, uh, you know, when yep. you, again, I always try to draft my, my team so that when you look at it, it's like a slice of 1988. I want it to represent that year as best I can.
1: And I think that song does it. So, that's what i'm going with yeah no i agree that is definitely on my short list and mm-hmm. it was in my top six so if you hadn't have picked it now there's a very strong chance i would have picked it up in the next 10 mm-hmm. minutes uh i'm gonna go back uh, uh, this has killed me in previous drafts but i'm gonna go back to tv because i think tv is a pretty weak crop. yeah you want to kind of get some more right so i'm gonna pick the only one of the only other shows that i feel is, is left that had a big name recognition even though i know some of the judges are going to see this and go that show sucked you know what you can't say that a show sucks if you don't actually know anything about it so the fact that i think some of our judges are not going to care for the show itself the fact mm-hmm. that there's name recognition i think is going to help me so i'm going with murphy brown no that's a good pick that is a good pick again an, a show that i never really watched um and uh but did very well and certainly had an audience mm-hmm. and the whole thing with dan quayle Uh, When he was vice president of the United States and he talked about, you know, family values and how you have the character Murphy Brown, a single mom, having a, you know, uh, having a kid on TV, blah, blah, blah. And then the way they work that into the show. And I mean, Murphy Brown is centered. The whole show was like ahead of its time, right? It's here's this this um, woman. Who is this mature, powerful character, uh, in a time where, you know, there weren't a lot of good roles for well, I I'm, I'm gonna say older women, but like Candace Berger was not that old when she was in this show. But she wasn't a twenty-something, uh, and it was this show about this powerful woman and how she can be successful without, you know, the help of a man or being married or all that stuff. So I think it's an important show for the time, and I think it will resonate with some some of the judges, even though I know at least one or two of these judges who are going to give me a thumbs down for it, but I think it's a strong pick in an otherwise very weak crop of TV shows. It is a weak crop
0: of TV shows and another reason why I think I need to take one. It might, i have just, it's funny because in the last couple of weeks I mentioned that I wasn't a huge fan of this show and it's also a Canadian show. So this could really hurt me here, but I've, there's so few shows left. I'm going to go with the kids in the hall
1: good pick that was the very next one on my list but
0: uh i kind of thought i would sneak through because i
1: I didn't think you'd pick it because i know you didn't really care for the show but and again i
0: I, you know like you i like you've made picks on tv shows you're like i didn't watch these but it's about putting together the best you know sort of representation of that year and shows that debuted that year and yeah i wasn't a huge fan of kids in the hall um but i think it'll resonate you know i think you know people understand it for what it is and it's you know, people have fond memories of it, so I think uh, I think I'll go with that. I'm I'm happy with that. All right, so it's back to me, right? Yes. Uh,
1: sorry, that was your fifth pick.
0: um It yes. was my fifth
1: pick. That's Chris that Five. All right. I think I need to go back to music, and oh man, I think. I'm really torn between these two, but honestly, I don't think you would pick either one of them. So I'm probably good to pick them in either order. I'm going to go with. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I want to, but I don't want to. OK, screw it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go with Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer. Damn it. That was my next pick. OK, good. Good now for you. I, I, that makes good me feel you. a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, that was again, I was looking for for some standouts from 88. And uh, when I was going through the list, it's funny when I like I often look to like the top 100 songs of the year just to get a glance at like what were the biggest songs. And as I go down the list, I sort of start humming the the songs to myself. And that that to me is, is part of the key is if I can't sort of immediately call to my mind how the song goes or some of the lines to the song, then I know, okay, this isn't big enough. And when this one was on the list, even though it was a lot farther down the list, when it came on, it just jumped right out and I'm humming it. And I was like, no, no, this, this has staying power. This is a song you hear all the time on yeah. the 80s channels. So,
0: no, that's good because I mean, it, it went up to number two on the charts. Mm-hmm. And he won a Grammy. And the thing was that music video, like with the models well, and, the, and the tight dresses and the, the lipstick and the cleavage and everything, it was like iconic.
1: And in, that, in you know 80s. me, I'm a big music video guy. Yeah. So, that, that's part of it to me. It was, I'm taking, I'm doing the music pick but it also has the video component to it that you sort of get for free when you pick the music. So I feel like
0: I need to get another song then. And that was the one I really wanted. So I'm going to go with another song that kind of, again, it's different for me because I mean, I was, you know, I was 18 years old in 1988. So I I lived through this stuff. And I, I, when I look at the songs and I think about what are the songs that take me back to there? But one Mm. that really does is
1: Angel of Harlem by U2. And so I'm going to go with that one. Wow. Um, I had Desire from the Rattle and Hum on yeah. my list, but I opted not to put Angel of Harlem because I thought I was the only one that really liked this song. I know a lot of people that like you too that do not feel this is one of their strongest songs. But uh, I pers- personally, I like that pick for the draft. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how... Well, that might resonate with the judges for you, but... But I think
0: she, w- w- at least when I'm looking at 1988, when I see REM and U2, I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm cool with that. So I,
1: I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. Um, okay. Well, I got two, two, and one. So I guess that's sort of either I cap off one of the categories or I go back to movies. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted you to close off movies just because I've got three, and I'm not sure which one of these ones you may want, and I just sort of wanted you to help me narrow the field of it. So, uh, I'm going to pull a movie that I that we reviewed on this show that I did not really care for, but I know a lot of people hold it as a special place in their heart, and I'm going with who-famed Roger Rabbit.
0: Nice. I'm surprised you picked that. And again, it goes like just to, to your point earlier. You don't have to necessarily like the pick. Yeah. You know, to pick it, because I remember when we did this, you, you, you didn't like it, so...
1: Well, and I honestly, I thought that might be your your third and final pick. So part of my strategy is not only do I think it's a strong pick, mm-hmm. but if it can potentially hurt your hurt your drafting a little bit, then so much the better.
0: Right. Yeah, I think um, it was on my list, but it's it wasn't, I don't think the one I'm going to go with. The one I'm going to go with is the one that... Um, really it came out late in the year so it didn't finish top of the box office that year but if you adjust it for um for movies that were released in 1988 it was the the number one grossing film um and it was also nominated for eight academy awards and it took home four including best picture best director best actor and best screenplays so gotta
1: go with rain man good honestly i i i didn't want to pick it and i was waiting for you to pick it so now i have a good excuse not to pick it <laughs> there you go <laughs> um so movies right. are sewed up for me so you can just let that yeah. one go well and and i'm glad there was i had two other movies on my list either of them could also be my personal pick so i was like okay well i'll see where that lands all right so do i want to close up music or tv i think i i i think my tv pick is going to be or actually i think my both of my picks are going to be i think we're pretty much staying out of each other's way now because i don't think there's going to be any yeah. so i'm gonna sort of veer left a little bit here for my music pick I'm going to do something that is very 1988 but may hurt me in the end. I'm going from the cocktail soundtrack, Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Oh, nice. I was on my list. I was going to pick it. I was going to pick it. Yeah. I. Uh, you know, it's again, I don't know if it's a strong enough song, but I figure my other two are both, in my mind, very strong picks. So I thought, well, my third song can be a little bit of a... A left swerve there was a lot of like big metal bands that did like, like power ballads in 1988 and mm-hmm. i just i just couldn't bring myself to put any of those on the list even though some of them were big songs from 1988 so yeah anyway, that's but, it I, i'm done with the music then no that,
0: that's a, that's a good pick and unlike you like it's not so much that i really love that song but it was it was so popular and it was a real product of its time it was so popular at the time that bill cosby got bobby mcferrin to do the intro to the Cosby show in 88. Yeah. Remember he did that yeah. like kind of, yep. you know, intro thing is just, so I think it's a good pick.
1: Well, I mean, um, and I mean, in the moment and Robin Williams is in the video. It's just, uh, I uh, honestly, I can never remember the name of the third guy, but it's Bob McFerrin, Robin Williams, and then the other guy, and they're just goofing around and having a good time. And it's like, it's, it's not a fantastic video, but it's memorable. And just the whole idea of, Here's this guy who doesn't use any for real music instruments. Every sound you hear is coming out of him. And it was different and it was it was unique. And it it you hear it on the 80s channels even to this day. Like it's it's there's just something about it that's so memorable. And again, it's don't worry, be happy. It's a very uplifting song with an uplifting message. So it has that staying power. So that was a big part of why I picked it. Oh, well, good one. But well, there's been some controversy with some of our
0: picks when it comes to TV, because you and I are always debate like just because a show debuts in a certain year and then what if it endures for like 20 years Mm -hmm. then nobody you don't really associate it with 1988 but this is one case where I'm willing to take a chance on this because this this show has morphed over the years into so many different incarnations that this one I think of the late 80s and that's live with Regis and Kathy Lee OK, so it, that it debuted did that, that
1: version of it debut or it was debuted the... in
0: 1988 live with Regis and Kathy Lee debuted and okay. it sort of brought Regis Philbin to a national audience because he was hosting a show called The Morning Show before that, just in New York. And I know Kathy Lee Difford was pretty annoying to some people and rightly so um but they just worked together so well and they had this interplay with them and and remember their producer gelman and it's like i say it's evolved over the years you know and then they they brought in all these other different people so now it's to the point where i think it's like ryan seacrest and uh kelly ripa or something like that but back in 1988 it was regis philbin and kathleen gifford
1: and so i'm going with that wow that wasn't I remember seeing it on the list and think and like just scrolling past it but in all fairness you're absolutely right that this is a really weak crop of tv shows so I've got I'm gonna stick with tv for my pick as well um and uh I've got three shows on my list here I didn't watch any of them I don't remember any of them really being popular like really popular with with like people our age it's more like they were Either for older folks or in the one case uh, you know just sort of an offbeat show that has, has sort of gained life after the fact mm-hmm. uh, I'm debating between I'll just talk it out to you because I, I, you've already got your TV Yeah, mine's right. sewn up he can talk to so, me all you want Empty Nest which was a spin off yep. of the Golden Girls again it's a show about a, Richard, like it was a Richard, uh, Richard Mulligan a yeah. and
0: Dinah Manoff and who else was in it it was
1: yeah. oh, what's her face um I uh, yeah, I can't remember the I, I can picture them, but I can't remember it. Yeah. But yeah, again, not really a show. I, I watched Girls but I, uh, that's it. Kirstie McNichols. Kirstie yeah. McNichol. That's it. Yeah. Um, the other one that I'm looking at is Dear John with Judd Hirsch. And again, oh yeah. I never even I, watched it. It ran five years. Yeah. I I knew a few people that watched it, but it was mostly like, oh well, my parents really like this. And it was about mm. a guy whose wife left him and then he went to a support group, and it was like the the family he made through the support group. Right. Again, never really watched it. But the one that I think I'm going to go with here, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, yes. Yes. It's a little bit of sort of a cult show. Um, It is. It has gained sort of life after the fact, um, and they've done a few movies. And for those who maybe aren't that familiar with the show, and again, I've never watched a full episode, but they would show like these old B movies or B serial type shows or these old black and whites. And they would have like these three dark silhouettes like superimposed over top of the thing and they were supposed to be like three guys sitting in a movie theater and they would yell out commentary at the screen and they would point out foibles and it basically was like an audio commentary before audio commentaries became a thing and the few that the few clips i've seen have been pretty funny But I imagine, like any show, there are it has its ups and downs. Um, But I think that this—I think I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, and uh, hope that at least a couple of our judges have are familiar with the property and uh, and have seen a couple of the episodes and uh, and care for it enough to give me the give me the points. Nice. So I got to
0: get a a song in here. One more song. What do we want to do? didn't always love this song but i tell you what some people really did yep. and i think if you hear this song or at least see this song on the list you're gonna think yeah this is 80s i'm gonna go with fast car by tracy chapman
1: wow kind of that's a, not the one i thought you were gonna yeah. go with. I, I had that on my list but it was it was a ways down
0: would you think i was gonna take
1: Well, you still got a personal pick left, but Mm -hmm. uh, the one that I I couldn't bring myself to pick was Every Rose Has a Storm by Poison, which was the number one song of the year. Yeah. But I just couldn't bring myself to put a power ballad from a hair metal band on the list. It just, yes, it's definitely an 80s thing, but I think there's sort of backlash and stigma to it now where I think if they were on the list, people would be like, that guy picked that? Not going with that list. So... But no, I, I like your pick. It's it's a little out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more, that more was your critical, theory. you know. Yes, so. yeah. It was a critical uh, hit, and people seem to like it. And I, I still think
0: that you know, if you saw it on the list, you think, yeah, that's a that's a good pick. You know, like I, I hope that the mm. judges are gonna like it. So I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> All right. So, so that one movie left. Yeah. What are you so gonna go with?
1: So th- when I had two movies to pick and I went with who framed Roger Rabbit, I didn't even want that movie in that pick, but I figured you were going there next. So I needed to nab it. The one I really wanted, and I'm shocked it made it all the way through to number nine is Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that that I had that as my I had Die Hard as my first pick coming to America, which you picked big, which you picked. And then Beetlejuice was my number four. But I ended up skipping over it to uh, to try and nab their who framed Roger Rabbit. Um, but that gives me my that gives us three three and three right so all we need is a personal pick personal pick now I mentioned before about shows
0: that debut and then last for a long time and how it's kind of tough to pick those ones sometimes and I already picked one but I think I'm gonna pick another for my personal pick just because I love this show so much and even the old one and that is whose line is it anyway it started in 1988 with Clive Anderson in the UK. And the thing is, like a lot of TV shows, the the first couple episodes, not very good, you know. But eventually, like, it really started to pick up steam. And then when they added Ryan Stiles and Colin Mockery as regular performers, I thought the show was great. Um, obviously, it was eventually adapted for American audiences, uh, like in, like, 99 or something like that. For mm-hmm. Drew Carey did the show. But the original is where it all started, and I remember coming across this show back on the Comedy Network, and I loved it right from the get-go. I was always a big improv guy from my days in the theater, and I've done a lot of improv, and so I remember seeing this show. I was like, "Oh my God, there's an improvisation show on television!" You gotta be kidding me! And um, so, even though Clive Anderson wasn't the greatest host, and they, you know, they had some some you know performers on the show that were kind of iffy at times the show is still good. It's not, it's still not as good as the Drew Carey version, which really kind of kicked things up a notch, but I thought it was good. And because of my love of improv, I'm going with, uh, whose line is it anyway?
1: Nice. Um, well, I'm definitely not picking a TV show for my personal pick. This this is just, I know two thumbs down. And as we've already sort of discussed the music, there were some, there were some good songs, but like none of them, to me none of them really stand out none of them have that sort of personal connection to me that uh that i feel they would fit into the personal pick other than the bon jovi bad medicine which i've already picked as one of my for realsies picks so it's sort of easy with movies and now i got a couple of movies that came out in 88 that i could that i have sort of that personal connection to Mm -hmm. uh so i'm i'm sort of torn between do i take the one that is most personal versus do i take the one that i think the judges might actually have heard of um but uh, I, think, I think I'm think i just going to do the personal pick, like the actual personal pick, not not that I would, one that I think would work best with yeah. the judges, because we want to stay true to the form yeah, of Yeah, because so, you want to go personal, right? Yeah. So when I was, uh, I may have told this story before in on one of the previous drafts, uh, when I was 16 years old, I won a radio contest back when people listened to the radio. And I won a free trip to Costa Rica for seven days, all expenses paid, trip for two to Costa Rica. And when I went to claim the prize, like they took, I, you had to call in and identify the songs and blah, blah. I did all that stuff, and it was the whole thing. And they on the air, oh, you won the grand prize trip, Then off the air, the guy's like, let me take down all your personal information. And then when he got to the part about what's your birthday, and I told him, he said, oh, dude, you're you're not 18. And I'm like, no, I'm not. He said, you have to be 18 to win this prize. And I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Do you know how hard it was for me to identify all those songs? Like, come on, you just announced on the air that I won it. And so they said, okay, if you can get someone over 18. To claim the prize on your behalf you can go with them as their plus one and i was like perfect so i brought i had my 18 year old cousin claim the prize <laughs> so he and i went to costa rica for a week nice and it was is he crazy. the one that
0: used to bring you over and, and watch all those r-rated movies
1: oh yes yeah. oh yeah oh yes! Yeah. so good cousin uh, when thing. we were we had this great vacation when we were in costa rica on my first day i got really really sunburned like red like a coke can sunburned so the second day in costa rica i thought you I were gonna stuck. say i got really
0: drunk i'm like no, you're well, 16
1: that, dude yeah no 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 no. so the second day in costa rica i just stay in my room the whole day in the air conditioning <laughs> just slathered with lotion all over myself because i was like in so much pain i have to literally get a shot to boost my immune system, I was... You're so from bad Canada. That. You're a oh, pasty yeah. white well, was, guy from Canada was, going to custody. you got the sunscreen, man. Right. So how does this relate to where we're going? Exactly. So we I'm only had out. two English-speaking channels in the room. <laughs> okay. One of them was CNN, and this was during the time of the first Gulf War. So that's all that was on CNN. That got old after about five minutes. The other one was a movie channel. But they only had, like, two movies that they kept showing on repeat. And... One of them was R-rated, so you only got to see that one at night. And since I was in the room all day, I watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels oh, six times in a row. And then by the end of the trip, I had probably seen the movie a dozen times. I can quote all the dialogue. I know all the inflections. And not like I I had been familiar with this movie. I don't know if I'd actually seen it in its entirety before that time, but you really learn to appreciate the humor. Of some of these movies, when you have a chance to watch them over and over again, sometimes a funny movie gets less funny. But this one, to me, just got better and better with each viewing. And uh, to this day, every time Dirty Rotten Scoundrels comes on, and I watch it, I laugh, and it just reminds me of that time when I was 16 years old and I won this free trip to Costa Rica, and I went with my cousin. We had this great time. But yeah, that's that's definitely my personal pick. Dirty nice. Rotten Scoundrels, 1988. Michael Caine and uh, and Steve Martin, so yeah. good. Nice.
0: All right, so you wanted me to just do a quick review? Yeah,
1: recap the list for us, please. All
0: right, so you want me to do, like, my movies and then your movies and then my TV shows, your TV shows? Perfect, I love it. All right, so uh, for the movie category, I had Coming to America, Big, and Rain Man. And you had Die Hard, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Beetlejuice. And then for TV shows, I had Roseanne, The Kids in the Hall, and Live with Regis and Kathie Lee. And your TV shows were The Wonder Years, Murphy Brown, and Mystery Science Theater 3000. My songs were Stand by R.E.M., Angel of Harlem by U2, and Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. And your songs were Bad Medicine, Bon Jovi, uh, Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer, and Don't Worry, Be Happy, Bobby McFerrin. My personal pick was Whose Line Is It Anyway, the TV show? And your personal pick was A Movie dirty rotten
1: scoundrels who do you think won the draft honestly i think we both kind of pooped the bed on this one i think that really yeah i'm like i think we both have some some bad picks but i think that's not necessarily because we drafted poorly it's just because there was not a lot of great offerings in some of these categories especially towards the end i think it's just we drafted what we could draft like it wasn't a strong year for pop culture so but i think uh, i I think again it'll be hard for it's always hard to anticipate what the judges are going to go with especially with things like the music category to me i think is a real wild card with this one because Mm -hmm. if if some of our judges are a little younger and they don't have some of those same 1988 personal connections to these songs they may not feel as strongly and they may not see some of these as such a as as a good a pick as you and i think they are Mm -hmm. so i I think this one's going to be close i like how many judges we got nine judges yeah I think this is going to be down to a four to five to four. Like I think yeah. it's going to one vote is going to make the difference it here. So.
0: Yeah, it could be very, very close. So I just so. want
1: to remind all the judges about what you said about them after the last one. So for those. Oh, kids, about how. Maybe,
0: uh, that's right. How I love them more than anything else in the whole wild world. No, no. I, I, and I think how they're was, all beautiful people with like swimmers bodies and beautiful, wonderful people.
1: No, I, I, I seem to recall there was a lot of things said that had to be bleeped. And that was a very <laughs> long bleep. So, you know. I, I, judges judge with your heart, but <laughs> don't forget when things didn't go his way, Chris had some choice words that the editors would not let through. So <laughs>
0: thank God, thank God you for the censors. Oh my vote, God, that's what? on you. But uh, you know, you <laughs> yeah. do you. Oh man, yeah, you had to bring that up, didn't you? You just you got to play dirty with me, I guess. So hey, <laughs> that's the way it
1: goes. You're the All one right. who's always who's always kissing up. I just figure. <laughs> You can't kiss up one week and then poop on them the next week and expect everything to be golden. So But it's it's a comedy show. That's what we do.
0: Okay, uh-huh. here we go. Fun with Caveman. All right, my man. 1988. You know, we we said it wasn't a great year for pop culture, but you know, not a great year for movies, but um, but there certainly was a lot of movies that year. And with oh, movies, oh, yeah. come quotes. Yeah, I got like to nowhere you got the notion rock the quote rock the quote
1: rock the quote rock the quote rock the quote, rock the quote. that
0: just sucks so bad Hey, you say it. I know. But it's so funny. I'm listening to it. Good God. Who wrote this? Who sang? Oh, it was me. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be giving you movie quotes. And you just have to guess the movie that they come from. Super easy to do,
1: right? This always and, sounds like it should be a, a walk in the park. And I inevitably blow up, blow it on a couple of really easy ones. Well, this is going to be even easier because it's all the movies are from 1988. So you should be able to like,
0: this is a cakewalk, right? right so I'm gonna give you a movie quote name the movie it came from they're all from 1988 you should get like 10 out of 10 on this one okay I hope so are you ready the first one. Oh, oh I'm ready some of these are yeah, so easy I mean come on I'm not bad I'm
1: just drawn that way sorry am I supposed to give you the character or the movie just the movie who framed Roger Rabbit
0: yes Jessica Rabbit said that voiced by Kathleen Turner okay you mean sleepover okay but I get to be on top.
1: That was from Big.
0: Yes, Tom Hanks said that to Elizabeth Perkins. Okay, it's 10 minutes to Wapner. Oh, um, Rain Man. Nine million terrorists in the world, and I got to kill one with smaller feet than my sister.
1: Yeah, that was diehard
0: are all easy okay hey it's enrico palazzo
1: It's me. oh didn't you just say this was um it's from coming to america
0: no oh no, it's from
1: the naked, oh, gun. The naked gun remember he's a baseball player
0: isn't yes he? he's he said no he says he's the opera singer enrico palazzo and then he goes behind the plate and he's the uh the umpire. And then a guy in the stand stands up. The guy the, the actor that played the guy in the stands was in um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And he said he's a hey everyone, look, it's Enrico Palazzo. Anyway, okay,
1: hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Uh well the obvious answer is child's play. Did that um, really come out in 1988? 1988. The first I didn't one even see out. that on the, not that I would have picked it, but I didn't mm-hmm. even see that in my research. Mm-hmm. Imagine a country
0: so free, one can throw glass on the street. Oh, that's got to be coming to America. Okay. This one's a two-parter because you got to understand the context of it. So okay. one, one character says, what does three up and three down mean to you airman? And the other guy says, end of an inning. Uh, was that Bull Durham? No, it was Good Morning Vietnam. That was 1980 as well. Wow. Yeah, I, that I that missed was... a couple of big ones then. Mm-hmm. All right. How about here's one. It's Showtime. Showtime. Um, it's wow. Showtime.
1: Oh, is that um, is that Beale Juice?
0: And the last one, what's Mick like
1: in bed? Jeez, um, I don't. Uh, just called Wanda. No, that was Crocodile
0: Dundee two. Oh, that Mick, the, the yeah, esteemed
1: sequel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I thought that would have been your personal pick for sure. No, I
0: actually didn't mind the sequel. I thought it was okay. So it wasn't that bad. All right, you didn't, you didn't do too bad. I mean, you, you, got, you got a few of them. Um, you got the majority of them anyway. Okay, so um, like you mentioned, we will send our, our lists off to our esteemed panel of judges, who I love more than anyone else in the whole wide world. And they're going to vote. And next time out, we're going to announce the winner. We're going to see who gets possession of our trophy, the Funko Fonzie. And then next time out, we're going to come back and we're going to review a movie from this draft year. So it's over to me to pick a movie from 1988. And you know, I think you're going to really like this one. Because it's. I know it's not Christmas, Derek. It's the summer. But is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. It was released in July of 1988. So we're going to go back and watch Die Hard. And we are going to come back and we're going to review Die Hard next time out. What do you think?
1: Nice. I think there's going to be a lot of patting ourselves on the back about how much we like Die Hard die hard so
0: but there's lots of things to talk about is it a christmas movie is it not like how does the movie hold up with all the action in it like nowadays with all of these like you know movies that you make me watch with this marvel crap like does this movie hold up or is it just like oh it's kind of boring you know compared to movies these days so this is what we got to
1: talk about i'm gonna give you some homework then sure I i challenge you come to the podcast next week and have one or two pieces of trivia about Die Hard for me that you don't think I already know. Cause I know a lot about this movie. All right. Well, and I likewise, I'll try and dig up some, some, some behind okay. the scenes trivia, something or other. And, and I'll throw it at you to see if you know it. And Hey, maybe we already know it, but if nothing else, the listeners will have, uh, you know, some really out of left field trivia. that. They so we'll learn. try, we'll try to stump each other with some trivia
0: questions about diehard yeah next week
1: okay that sounds good
0: we might even just do that for a trivia a second
1: i don't know if we'd be able to get enough questions to fill the full segment but
0: we'll see we'll try all right so we are going to watch die hard we're going to come back next week we're going to review the movie and until then this is chris McBride on behalf of myself and derek myers saying thanks for listening to pop goes your world the pop cultural podcast for the generations Thanks for listening to Pub goes your world you can contact chris and derek at PubGoesYourWorld.com. please take a minute and review the podcast on itunes or wherever you download and listen to the show